Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Devil's Due. I am your host, Carl Duty, and with me, as always, the man who did the Kessel Run in only 10 parsecs while riding a chocobo, Mr. Drew Celestino. Wow, that's, that's universal crossing right there. There's so oh much God. crossover. Wow. 10 parsecs. 10 parsecs. You, you bested the old record by two. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel comfortable beating Han. Well, you know, someone, records are made to be broken, sir, I, a, an old sage said once long ago. I guess so. But then again, I was on a chocobo. Was it a golden chocobo? It was a golden chocobo. See, you bred it. I, you put in I, the time. I put the time and work in, son. You put in time. You got the golden chocobo. You got Knights of the Round with it. Do I have Mimic, mimic as well? You do, you do have Mimic, so oh, when you hit your Knights of the Round, it's you can on. go up, fix a fine meal for yourself, yep, yep. eat the meal, read a book, come back and then it's the my only chance finish. of defeating the emerald weapon so it's okay there you go here we are again <laughs> episode number two how you doing okay doing good yeah yeah, yeah i'm okay yeah. did you have a good week you had a show i did have a show yeah the show if, you, if anyone that listened to our first episode hey uh thank you number one number two yeah the i performed with my band the long cold dark at um the mohawk place it was good it's a good show my buddy awesome. uh, my buddy chris came in town from rhode island uh, my buddy Phil, uh, I think I might have mentioned this, uh, Phil Boyle came up with his band Days Beneath from Cleveland, Ohio, and they played the bill as well, and they filmed everything nice and three camera professionally, so I'm going to start Ooh. putting clips up on YouTube and all that. So I put one song up uh, yesterday, I think, maybe the day before, and now we'll just do a song a day or something like that or whatever. So yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. Awesome. It was fun. I'm, uh, it was, you know, shows are um, a mixed bag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. y- I've seen you perform. You that that when you are on that stage with the long cold dark. Yeah, that is your final form. So. <laughs> that is that your your power level is definitely way over nine thousand at that point. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's the and only I, time I feel twelve feet tall, so it and works. I, and I've seen you <laughs> after shows too, and you're just like. I can't do much of anything right now. Well, physically, it destroys me for yeah. at least three days, and then on top of that, the emotional like roller coaster that I go on is pretty crazy. It, in the in the arts, like you you get really you can you can anyway get really pent up with how an audience received the show or lack of an audience or you know that kind. You start second guessing everything, and yeah. you know it just becomes a real roller coaster of emotions. So. I've been kind of dealing with all that all week, so it'll it'll pass. I'm kind of listening to some new tunes this week to kind of f- cleanse the palate a little and see if I can kindle some inspiration in a different vein. I don't know. We'll see. Cool. Yeah, it's, cool. Been, it's been all right. How about you? What'd you do this week? Uh, I didn't do much this week. Um, we're on uh, mandatory overtime at work. Well, lucky you. Yeah. So I'm putting in an extra two hours a day. So by the time I get home, just kind of like, okay, take care of the baby, play some Street Fighter, go to sleep. That is. So so this week has been kind of uh, low-key. Uh, my niece had her 19th birthday this past week, so uh, that was fun. Got together with family and celebrated that. Happy birthday to you, Alicia, if you're listening. Take her to Canada, man. No. Get that girl a beer. No, no. That that's not gonna happen because I found very quickly once I married uh Julie, my amazing wife, and you know, got to know her family and everything and you know, became came to love my nieces and nephews the way I do. You know, no. She she brought a boyfriend home and I was searching for a spot in the forest to hide the body. Yeah, I feel you. I so, feel yeah. you. They're gonna grow up, man. It's okay. Yeah. Gotta- I, I I know. I know. I know. I know. So, as we mentioned, this is our second episode. Second episode. Um, our first episode has been very well received. Well, that's good. We want to thank everybody who uh, gave our first episode a shot, downloaded, listened to it, recommended to friends. We've gotten some great feedback on it. We did. This is, of course, a work in progress. Uh, the show will evolve and turn into really cool things, and it's going to be a fun trip, and we hope to have you all along with us. If you would like to follow that journey, there are some places, though, you can go to find us in the social media's ether, if you will. Uh, Probably the most common being used nowadays is the Twitters, which you can follow us at Devil's Do Pod. If you like, you can also like our page on Facebook, which is at Facebook.com forward slash Devil's Do Pod, or you can just search the Devil's Do. And also, if you would like to 
practice the ancient art of email. I love email. <laughs> the ancient art. Uh, you may email us at the devil's pod at gmail.com. And I should point out that I am working on a proper website for us. Uh, there's just been some uh, hosting troubles with uh, our friends at GoDaddy who um, are not very good hosting providers. As a web developer, let me tell you that they are um, a little uncool. So I'm, yeah, because you actually know legit technologies. Well, you, you are, that's what you I'm, are honed in the arts of making the internet. What I'm finding is I had that account for a while, and um, yeah, as a professional, I'm finding out that GoDaddy is not meant for me. It's meant for people who uh, me don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I, so in the name <laughs> in the name of making it simple, they've made it really difficult to find things that I need to that I need to hook gotcha. up our, our, to make everything work nice and in, 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 you know, kosher. So, um, I, I had a little battle with them this week and as it turns out, they ended up charging, they ended up uh, charging me more money for my hosting renewal than I anticipated because they automatically bumped us up to the deluxe hosting package, which at the time of my renewal, I did not need, but now that we are doing this show, I do. So at the time, angry now, Okay, well, thanks. That kind of did me a favor because we needed it anyway. But at the same time, had I known that then, I would have not gone with them at all. So there you go. We had a web link for our first episode. I know some people listened to it on that, and that worked out pretty well. Uh, the first episode is also available on iTunes. I know we mentioned in the past uh, episode, we've mentioned on the Facebook page that we'd be available on SoundCloud. SoundCloud ran into a little bit of a problem. They're kind of it's called more, money. Yeah, they're more constrictive now than they used to be. So SoundCloud, eh, maybe in the future, maybe not. We don't know yet. If we could get a nice, friendly sponsor to to kick in the cash for that every month, that'd be fantastic. There, or if you just want to send us money, or that, we're yeah, okay sure. with that. Money's good too. But um, so, again, big I, thank you to everybody who listened to the first episode and has liked and followed us. Uh, hope you recommend us, share us, put us out there, and. Yeah, going to be great. I do have a pro tip. Uh, pro. Yeah. Pro tip. Um, Game pro tip. The, the URL that we provided for uh, the podcast on the Facebooks, that is our XML feed, which if you use any sort of podcasting software, iTunes included, you can just use that URL in that software and you will get every new episode as we release them from that URL automatically. You don't have to update anything. Just put it into your podcast application of choice and everything will be there, I promise. So Awesome. Just we make that clear. On the, awesome. te- on the technical end of things. Okay, so for this week, we had kind of kicked around the idea of there's currently a, a Daredevil pun- slash Punisher series going on right now. It's a limited series of Marvel Comics. We're It's currently, I think, about mid-run. I think it's going to be their 6 to 10 issue miniseries. Oh, my God. It's only like number two. Well, number three came out this week. Oh, okay. So I have them all. All right. I'm, as you can see, I'm a little backed up yeah, in my yeah, comics. Your, your to-read pile is, is much bigger than mine. You're so dutiful. Nice about, you to say. You're so dutiful about bagging and boarding. I am. I'm very religious. I am not. Yeah, number three. You're right. Yeah, number three came out. We were to- toying with the idea of reviewing it, but we decided to hold off on that till a the series is complete, and b uh, I know it's early into the show, but this week's episode of Daredevil might command a lot of time. Yeah, it's going to command a lot of time. So we're pretty much going to focus on this week's episode, and we're, we're going to do some fun stuff for you uh, next week when the episode. Uh, we can, we can, I don't want to say we give a little less time to, or it's not as important. It's just this week's episode is I'm going to, I'm going to say something that sounds contradictory and sounds weird, but just kind of go with me. This is the be- best episode of the season, arguably the series. Ooh. And it just keeps Ooh. getting better oh. after this. Well, <laughs> see what I'm saying? It's I, like, um, let me try and put it into a, clearer way because because i'm confused by your statement (laughs) i would say (laughs) i would say um we if you liked the first episode of daredevil the second episode at the conclusion of it was the moment that you you immediately said this show is freaking amazing that like that like you know first episode we obviously we enjoyed it yeah, we talked we about it, it last it week great. it was great we, we we had good feels about it it felt right the tone was right we were all amped up I'm like hey cool this is this is what we're getting and, and yeah yeah it's it's good end of episode two i think we all had the this dumbfounded look on our face 
sitting on, on your couch watching it like did that seriously just happen did like yeah did, did this just become our favorite show of all time yep pretty much like yeah it's the, it's that scene from Step Brothers. did we just become best friends yep yep it's like that it's exactly like that yeah i so. remember rewatch i just rewatched it today much more flashbacky than i remember i would agree i i have notes this week so as do i so let's dive into the episode uh season one episode two well, hang on. before we before we dive into okay. the into the scene by scene um i would say that this is such a i mean because it's such a pivotal episode you 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 listeners may have already heard other people talk about it yeah. um this episode has been very uh very widely covered so we're kind of like yeah. treading familiar territory but at the same time this show is dedicated to daredevil and it's a badass episode of daredevil so we're gonna Go yeah, off a, on a couple of people who have been uh, who have followed our show in its infancy have said that they're excited about this week's episode of our show because we're covering this episode. This second episode, no. you know, you you may have heard phrases like hallway fight or single shot or they cheated it, but yes, it is a single shot. Yeah. So, but yeah, is is just you get the feeling in this episode that. This episode kind of defined the show. Kind more of. So, more so than the first episode. Yeah, kind of. I mean, the first episode kind of gave the theory of the show. This episode solidified it. Yeah, this one basically put all the all the pieces, well, not the pieces in place, but like it, yeah, it, it solidified the tone. It solidified the action. It kind of set a high bar, actually, for like yeah. the rest of the season, which uh, we're going to find out if it, if it holds up or not. But I, I you know, like you said... It's 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 the best episode, and then it just keeps getting better. So yeah. I, I would say then I Are guess it does. Are you kind of starting to understand the saying a little more? It's a little bit. Now it's, that you're processing it. It's my, a backhanded compliment, in a way, to the show itself. Because the show is great. Every episode is great. This is just one of its high points yeah. that, you know, this was the first high point of many to come. Where we all kind of, like I said, stood it, sat there, mouths agape, and yeah. just wondering... Wow, can, can, can I have more? <laughs> Perhaps you've seen the meme on uh, on the interwebs of the Dave Chappelle as the hobo, and it's just y'all got any more of those Daredevil episodes? <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where this so came. That's, this episode so is like accurate. the one where that became true. So, and that and that leads us to the inherent problem with Netflix series. You know, not just Daredevil, but I think it's safe to say Netflix is putting out some good, good quality original programming. Sure, you get it. You devour it, and then you're done. And you're just like, now I have to wait so much longer. I know, I know. Although I'm, uh, I'm better than most. Some people devour the whole friggin' season in a day. Like, oh my god, I, I can't do that. I need two episodes a night, yeah. maybe three if I'm really feeling generous. I, I and I'll will, pace that out over, over a week or so. I am not one to devour an entire season in a day, but. I will usually devour as many episodes as Julie. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand completely. Because at some point, she's just like, okay, I love the show, but can we watch something else? So dare I ask then, in any TV show you've ever watched together, what is the record number of episodes that you have consumed? Any show. I think this is kind of cheating. It's probably Friends, because that's her all-time <laughs> favorite show. Oh, I'm See, sorry. When we got together, we... We watched each other's all-time favorite television show. For me, it's The West Wing. Mm-hmm. For her, it's Friends. So we went through Friends, and because it's just a half an hour show, we and you know, like on a day off or something. And this is you know pre Baby William. We would do you know three three and a half hours at a time. So that's six ish episodes. Yeah, and I enjoy the show. It's it's I like it. It's funny. I'm not ashamed to say it. You should be, but that's okay. That's shush. Everybody <laughs> loves friends. So, so all right, that's fair. I, I think my record is four episodes of Lost in, uh, in, a, in a day. Julie, in a night. Julie was a big Lost fan. So was I until I wasn't. This this will <laughs> be this will be the last little story before we get in the episode. I promise. <laughs> Uh, Julie was a big Lost fan. We're giving the episode color. Yeah, exactly. And we actually started dating. I think it was, how many seasons was Lost? Was it six? I six. Think. Yeah. Okay. So we started dating. I think late fourth, early fifth season. It was already turning downward by then. But go on. And I had 
you know, this is obviously before streaming television services and whatnot, so mm. I had no way of going back and watching the original one. So I just kind of jumped in where it was. So she's Oh, you poor bastard. Oh, yeah, really. <laughs> so she's explaining things here and there. And I developed habits that really annoyed her. Like, every time Dominic Moynihan's character would show up on screen, mm-hmm. I would just go, look at me, I'm a hobbit. I'm oh. a hobbit on an island, just running around like a hobbit. And I would drive her crazy. And then when Hurley would show up on screen, I would constantly be like, how is he still alive? Because he is a large man. And I, being of the large man fraternity myself, card-carrying member of PS I'm Fat, if I was marooned on an island like that, I am not surviving long for a couple of reasons. Primarily, it's clear I don't have survival skills to begin with. <laughs> and secondly, eventually, people are going to get hungry and look around, and I'm the one with the most meat on my bone. Well, they explained that in the show. It was one of the few things they actually did explain. Yeah. They had food drops from mysterious sources. All right, so on to the episode of Daredevil. <laughs> Don't ask me about loss sometime. Not on this show. I, I, I have so many thoughts. That's where I learned epic disappointment for the first time. Yeah. Well, the first time since The Phantom Menace, anyway. She, she asked me if I wanted to go back and watch it from the beginning. I'm like, what's the point? Here's the thing. I know how it ends. Here's, a, uh, <laughs> here's, here's what's so unsatisfying about that. Uh, last thought about Lost. I'm sorry. It's TV. It's all TV. Daredevil's a TV show. See, it's all thematic. That show... Like I said, I was doing four episodes a night because I'm telling you, when it was good, the first like three, four maybe seasons, it was so good. And I mean, so, so good. Yeah. That sweet, sweet lost neck. You rub it on your, you rub it on your teeth. It was so good. And then it just, it just turned. Rub it on your teeth. <laughs> you got to know it's the good stuff. We're both thinking of Dennis Larry, too. Uh, a little Give bit. Give me some more of black ups. It's kind of like that. And then it just, it just never, you know, yeah. you, you started, you, there was a point when you're like, you know what? They're not going to stick this landing. And then, uh, oh, they didn't. <laughs> Correct. Well, luckily we have Daredevil to save. Yes. Daredevil will save the day. From mediocre television. We hope. All right. So <laughs> episode two. Yes. This episode is entitled Cut Man. We begin this episode. Very literal. You pretty you in so many ways, very literal. We begin this episode with a very quick scene before the intro, much unlike last episode where it was a good five, ten minutes before the intro animation. Uh is very quick scene, trail of blood leading up to a dumpster, and dumpster is Matt. Yes. And he is clearly having a bad night. He is busted up, bleeding profusely. Yeah. And we're all just like what's going on? Because last we saw you, you were on top of the building and about ready to go do some stuff. Doing your hero stuff. You were you were all in good shape and everything. Well, and we, yeah. Yeah. And Matt's found by a, a kid who's taken out the garbage and he's just kind of standing there, mouth agape, not knowing what's going on. Well, this this episode does a really good job, and I think we we touched on it in the, episode, in the first episode, but this one, again, it's kind of really, really hammers at home. Matt, despite having uh, super senses and whatnot, is not super powered. Uh, so he doesn't have healing. He doesn't have super strength. And this episode shows you just how human Matt really is. Right. Because in this episode, he is largely busted up for the, for the duration. Okay. And, and the, uh, the kid goes and gets help. And we meet, for the first time, Claire. Rosario Dawson. Played amazingly by miss rosario dawson i'm kind of a fan of rosario dawson she i'm a fan of her work too she's done a lot of things that you probably can't make huge arguments for being the like academy award-winning films but her i really enjoy what she does she's like if i see her in something i'm most likely going to enjoy her in it despite the film i'm mostly just remarking how pretty hot she is but you know whatever (laughs) it's all good She's, she's a good actress, too. So now, Rosario Dawson is playing Claire. We were, when we watched this episode first, when we were in my place, we were questioning immediately, is this Night Nurse? K- kinda. Kinda. One yeah. of them. So let's explain to the listeners. It's who not, may not the be. Night Nurse. Yes. So let's explain to the listeners who may not be as informed who Night Nurse is. Well, there's a, a few of them. You didn't, you didn't write this down? Oh, man, no. I wasn't ready. 
<laughs> Hold on, I got to get my night nurse notes up. I was, you know what? I was watching the episode and I was like, you know what? I could, uh, should I look into night nurse? Nah, Drew knows this. Well, see, unfortunately, because there's been a few night nurses, uh, I don't know all of them offhand. So let me hand. I have the power of the internet in my hand. There you go. Well, the, while you're looking at it, the base concept of night nurse is a nurse who is available to the superhero community, if you will, the vigilante community, to kind of provide them medical services when needed um, without danger of like exposure because like if you're if you're spider-man even though it's happened a couple times you get banged up you can't necessarily just check yourself into a hospital no as matt uh constantly begs claire not to do yes uh so as drew's looking that up we get through the intro and we open up on matt in claire's apartment matt has multiple injuries severe injuries claire is a is an actual nurse she's not just like the quote-unquote night nurse she's an actual nurse she's patching him up and she takes matt's mask off and this is the first time that we have at least in the marvel cinematic universe the concept of a secret identity and that identity being revealed except she doesn't know who he is anyway so it doesn't really matter it goes back to that one episode justice league the great brain robbery where Lex Luthor takes over Flash's body and he runs into, he's like trying to escape the satellite and he runs into the restroom to hide from the rest of the Justice League. It sounds a lot cornier than it actually is. But, <laughs> and he's like, well, at least I can find out the identity of who the Flash is. So he takes off the mask. He looks in the mirror and after a couple seconds of silence. He's just like, yeah, I have no idea who this person is. So yeah, Claire, no takes off matt's mask sees his identity doesn't know who he is still patching him up so just uh, real quick um night nurse her name is linda carter no relation to wonder woman (laughs) (laughs) how about that um and According to the wikis here, Night Nurse is the name of Marvel Comics books Marvel bleh, Marvel comic book series published in the early 1970s, as well as the alter ego later taken on by one of its characters, Linda Carter. Carter was one of the three central characters created by writer Gene Thomas, who first appeared in Night Nurse number one, though she was previously the lead of another Marvel series published in 1961. Carter later adopted the name Night Nurse for herself, and in this incarnation, first appeared in Daredevil Volume Two, number 58. May 2004, written by Brian Michael Bendis as a medical professional specializing in helping injured superheroes. There we go. There's your night nurse history and background. Excellent. A little bit. We can go deeper, but you know. Yeah. So now we, which comes to the first of what was, what I didn't remember being surprised, but surprising many flashbacks. There were a lot in this episode, more than I remembered watching it originally. Yeah, it really established the relationship between Matt and his father. We discussed in the previous episode Matt's introduction, discussing his father in the confessional. But these flashbacks seem to really ground uh, not only the character's relationship with his father at a young age, but also Matt's motivation for what he does in the present. So I have some, I have some yeah, and on that, like in these scenes with Matt and and Jack, Batlin and Jack. I have some notes. Um, so for starters, uh, Jack loses the fight that Matt's yeah. watching. Um, this is pre-accident Matt. He yes. can see. Okay. Um, and when Jack does come home after the fight, my first thought is, God darn, man. Uh, there's no doctors in whatever <laughs> facility that Jack boxes in. He comes home all, like, still busted up. Like, Jack, you, Dude, buddy, your manager's really skimping on you here. But like, manager? Do you think well, Batman cons- Jack really has a manager? Considering that we learn in that scene that uh, okay, we learn a lot of things in this scene. Number one, yeah. Matt has has patched up Jack before. Yeah. Uh, number two, um, alcoholism is fun for the whole family. <laughs> I had a note on that too. As, as you know, Batman Jack lets Matt sample the scotch. I, I I had a note on that. I just kind of wrote it down. Old world parenting. Uh-huh. Let the kid have a drink. Sure. Yeah. I mean, for those of us in, in our generation, maybe younger, is probably not uncommon for a father to let you sample 
alcohol at a young age, probably before he should have. Although with my father, it was just like a beer. He's like, here, you want to try it? Have a sip. It's not like, here, finish it off for me. It was just like, you're curious? Have a sip. Try it. You know, I was like 10. It wasn't hard scotch, <laughs> which it is in this scenario. Yeah. And like, and then he, then Matt also sees the envelope of money that Jack brought home. And he's surprised how much money he actually gets for losing. Yes. But again, he can take Jack next time they hand you the money. You're like, you know what? This money's great. But can you also get a guy to patch me up before can, I go home? Can I get a Band-Aid? Yeah, something. I, get, I don't care a towel. It, I don't care if it's got Hello Kitty on it. <laughs> can I get a Band-Aid? I have a gaping head wound. <laughs> exactly. Please. So Matt, yeah, so Matt stitches him up, and then that's the end of that flashback. But we do get the impression that, you know, obviously Jack, you know, honorable boxer that he is and, and decent father, he's probably getting paid on the side yeah. or taking dives. Yeah. That'll, you know, that'll trope, but it's a good trope. In this yeah. Case. Which I mean, he's doing it for, I think he's aware of himself. He knows that obviously he's not going to go up against the heavyweight champion of the world anytime soon. Right. He understands that, you know, he's got greater responsibilities in Matt that he has to take care of. Yep. So I think for him, the ends justify the means and sure. he can keep a roof over Matt's head. And if he's got to sacrifice a little pride to do it, that's okay. Yes, but uh, let's just say we'll, we'll get to we'll get yeah. we'll come back to it. But uh, pride no pride effect. does kind of come before come the back fall. to bite him. So <laughs> anyway, moving on. So we see um, we jumped Karen and Foggy. Yeah, I have uh, Foggy being Foggy in my notes. Yes, Foggy. They're in the offices, the Nelson and Murdoch offices, kind of unpacking, setting the office up. Uh, Foggy is off camera in his office singing an operatic tune of some sort. Poorly, mind you. Uh, at the, possibly a Gilbert and Sullivan. You, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, I could think of, like, he could come out and say to Karen, I shall send you to heaven before I send you to hell. I, dude, if it's not Sideshow Bob rock and roll, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, he's singing a musical song. <laughs> Aside, nothing out of Sideshow Bob reference. Come on. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, so, okay. Uh, Karen hears him and is just like, you realize I'm still here. And he comes out joking slash flirting. So this is a, a cool little, well, cool. I, I, whatever. This is the setup. Uh, they're starting to bait the hook for the pseudo love triangle that will... Spoilers kind of come into play. So Foggy's enamored with Miss Page, and you can guess women that look like Miss Page generally don't go out with guys who look like Foggy. Yeah, generally Despite, speaking. And Foggy, by all means, is not no, a shrubby looking dude or just, anything. No, he's not. He's not a chud or anything. Just you he's, know, he's just he's kind of punching above his weight class. Yes, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, Especially when your law partner is one Matthew Murdoch. Yeah, so they're just kind of hanging out, and they decide, you know, enough of this work. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, let's get out of here. We, but besides, we can barely. I like. I have. A, this is interesting to me. Uh, he remarks that they can't afford to keep the electricity on past a certain hour because obviously they're a broken yeah. star. And yet they have enough money to go out and get drinks in New York. Yeah, <laughs> you know what a drink costs in New York. Yep. Yep. Jesus. Foggy. I capital letters in my notes. Priorities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. so then we, I think for a brief time, we go back to the to Claire's apartment. There's yeah. some quick back and forth between Claire and Matt. We get she's some background kinda, information. Yeah, she's kind of discovering, okay, this guy is not, because she can tell, being a nurse, she does the light test with his eyes. Yeah. She figures out that he's blind. Yep. But... She doesn't quite, like, she's confused by this because, as we learn later on, she kind of knows who Matt is in the Daredevil sense. Which is why she did not report him to the police or call for an ambulance immediately when she found him, as we find out in the course of the episode. And at the same time, she's asking for an explanation so that she doesn't do these things, because if she doesn't, and he, as she put the phrase, gives up the ghost in the apartment... 
She's going to end up in jail. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So uh, I, his outfit, as he remarks, is a work in progress. Yes. I, I like that little line. Yes. It's a hint so, of things to come, yeah, although they another, came very late. Another uh, wink to the audience that we're, we're going to get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. Very late, but we'll get there. Yep. And then we go to another flashback. This flashback is immediately post-accident. Yes. Matt is in the hospital. He's waking up for the first time, and we can they show us. Um, how his abilities manifest and that everything is extremely loud. Now here's a, we're going to, I want to tie this back into maybe uh, the other incarnation of daredevil that people might be familiar with that being the Ben Affleck movie. And while again, the movie very flawed and, and you know, maybe the less said the better, but one thing I think it did do pretty well was the uh, radar sense. Yes. I did like the way they did that. And that scene when Matt wakes up in the hospital bed in the movie with this, the drop of uh, IV, IV and it's just thunderously loud and it casts yeah. the, the, the echo over the whole room that he can finger quotes see. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, that, a, it's the a approach. Drop. The approach here though, in the show is different. We don't, in fact, in the show, two seasons now of the show, to my recollection, you correct me if I am wrong, I think there is only one, maybe two instances of them showing his radar sense at all. Yes. It's, at all. And it's very different yes, from the way they radically different. the movie. So maybe that's something that they're going to get into in season three and possibly the defenders. You know what? I don't even know if I need them to because like we, yeah. like we said last week in the first in our first episode about the first episode, uh, this show treats you like you have a functional brain. Yeah. They don't necessarily have to show you. You get it. Like, yeah. So as Matt wakes like up and, and everything they, is very loud, like he says, and every, he's freaking out, you know, you're getting the impression that it's it's obviously something's different and you he has abilities that we don't and it's you know he's going to learn to use them and he does that uh they actually kind of do a sort of yin and yang you know then and now situation when he's a kid and it's all loud and he's freaking out and his dad's like trying to calm him down in the hospital bed and reassure him that he's you know everything's okay Mm -hmm. The, the abilities are like overwhelming yeah cut to after this flashback as we'll see Claire gets a first-hand glimpse of, like, how insanely fine-tuned Matt's senses really are. Yeah, he's he explains to her that... He was explaining what he was doing, and that he was going to find the kid that was kidnapped at the end of the first episode. Right. And it turns out that that kidnapping was a setup for Matt. As we, discovered, as we discussed in the first episode, the, the crime families... Uh, get an initial report. Matt is pestering the Russians primarily because that's who he is probably most aware of currently. Sure. So he's going after the Russians. And so the Russians decide to set a trap for Matt and Matt, again, being very new to this, being kind of a rookie, just kind of stumbles into the trap and gets cut up, gets his butt handed to him. Hence, hence being in the dumpster bleeding like a stuck pig. So, but since the Russians know that he's not dead, they're looking for him in the neighborhood. And Matt says to Claire, someone is coming. He's on the third floor. And clearly by saying that, they are not on the third floor. And he also remarks that he can smell him. He smells like cigarettes and cheap cologne. Yeah. No, it's a premium cigarettes and bargain cologne. Correct. Which I thought was... I just like that line. For sure. Reason. Priorities. Again. Yeah. See? So, There's a theme in this episode. Priority, yeah. Mixed priorities. <laughs> and Claire's just like, how? How do you know that? Exactly. Right. So the guy shows up posing as a cop, asks if, you know, Claire has seen anything out of the ordinary. Claire says no. He goes away. Claire feels relief thinking that she has, you know, dissuaded him from pursuing any further. Right. But Matt knows differently. Correct. Uh, real quick before we before the, the very cool scene, uh, I, I did have uh, there's some cool Easter eggs because there is a little flashback scene before that dude shows up at the door. Uh, Matt like can't breathe; his lungs are like full of fluid or, or they're, they're his, yeah, he's got yeah. air in his like air in his chest, air in his chest, and it's collapsing his lungs. So Claire has to like puncture his his chest to get the air out, which is like oh my god, stuff yeah, like yeah, stuff yeah, like I, that I, freaks me out. Yeah. Um, what was, the, what, 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 was not, the, what was the movie where they 
oh, they put it's, like a pen in the dude's throat so he could breathe. It's not the puncture that uh, freaked me out. It's the sound of the air coming out. It's like they'll. I'm trying to think of what like, mo- oh. it would have been a TV show, but someone couldn't breathe. So what they do? They 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 punctured his neck and they yeah. put a pen in it. So he could breathe out of his pen in his neck. I forgot what it was. Oh God, I dear guess. listeners, hit us on social media and let you know. Yeah. You know what you know what I'm thinking of. It's oh yeah, God. I, I know too, but at the same time I'm blanking out. It's what it freaky and is. it's scary and ugh. Human human beings are gross. Anyway. <laughs> but in that flashback, uh as he's like, you know, before he wakes up unable to breathe and he's remembering another scene with Jack and in, in the, the the gym. Uh, there's some posters on the wall in the gym, which I thought were very interesting. And one of them uh, being, well, number one, Creel again, because, you know, Crusher Creel, the absorbing man. Uh, but also uh, there was a Weeks versus Barton poster. Uh, I saw that. And Lee I was Weeks, wondering. for those who don't, who don't know, Lee Weeks is an artist uh, who has done many a, many a book for Marvel. And I believe he's currently doing Daredevil. Is he not? Is it Lee Weeks doing it right now? I think it might be. There you go. It's kind of weird because he wasn't doing it at the time. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Anyway. Um, and also, uh, Barton. Gee, whose last name is Barton in the Marvel Universe? Let me think. Let me think. Captain America? No. Hulk? N- no. Black Widow? C- close, but no. Hawkeye? <gasps> I got it. You got it. Hawkeye. Our, my, my man Clint. Now, probably not Clint, but his, not Clint. maybe his dad? Yeah, maybe. Never maybe. Barton. Not a coincidence. No way. And then also, I, um, is this, this is also where uh, the, the Irish gangsters tell uh, Jack. Jack that he's going to take a dive in the fifth. And uh, I had <laughs> Pulp Fiction, anyone? Uh, this scene is very reminiscent of the scene in Pulp Fiction where uh, Bruce Willis has to sit down in front of uh, Marcellus Wallace and even write down to some of the dialogue. You're going to feel sting. In your head. It's pride. We're, we're not going to... We'll keep this show family-friendly as best we can, which is amazing for me, by the way, because I'm mm, chomping at the bit to drop some bombs. <laughs> but, but it's okay. Um, but he even says, like, they tell him that he's going down in the fifth round, and they tell him, we want to hear you say it. Say it. Wallace said that to Bruce Willis. And ah, I was kind of like, ah, Jack should have watched Pulp Fiction. <laughs> he would know this is a bad situation. <laughs> but anyway, so, Matt, Matt heard him, and yeah. he knew it was no good. Anyway, Matt wakes up. Matt wakes guys, up. Guys come into the apartment. Uh, he's up to no good. He's not a cop. Claire gets him to go away by saying that she hasn't seen anybody suspicious. Because the, the cop feeds her up. The, I'm, I'm, again, finger quotes. Cop yeah. says that a, a guy in a black mask held up a convenience store or something and shot somebody. And yeah, he's, he's feeding her a line. Right, he's lying to her. So he takes off. But she thinks that she's gotten rid of him. Matt knows he didn't believe her because he can hear him in the hallway as he is walking away. And Dialing his cell phone correct. to call his, his he's Russian comrades. He's getting reinforcements. And Matt decides, all right, we're, we're doing this now. <laughs> so rather than go out and, and get into fisticuffs with this guy. Because Matt is still very hobbled at this point. For the moment. For the moment. Which is interesting when you really think about it. But yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. So he lets the guy... Take off down okay. the stairs. We got the classic winding staircase going down. Of course. New York City apartment building. Yep. Uh, I've been up and down some of those. They're not yep. fun. No. My, my best friend used to live on a sixth floor walk up. That was a good time. Oh. That's a good time. Uh. So the guy gets down. Matt grabs a fire extinguisher and he's just kind of holding it over the rail. Yeah. This, just uh, waiting for his moment. And then he lets it go. And then he says B9. Yep. And then lets it go. And it's a hit. Oh. He sank the battleship. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and here's the thing. Matt has like a no-kill thing going on, yes. but boy, oh boy, he's uh, he's playing a little fast and loose right now because <laughs> that, let me tell you what, you get hit on the head from that kind of height with by a, a fire, fire extinguisher. extinguisher. And not one of those small fire extinguishers. No, 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 like, no. Yeah. You, 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 oh. Yeah. You kill a guy with that. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, yeah, we'll let it go. Yeah, we'll let it slide. We got a that's under duress. Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> um, okay, so really quick, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but we get we jump back to Karen and Foggy, and we get an introduction to Josie's Josie's bar. Now, uh, dear dear Daredevil, uh, Daredevil bre- Daredevil brethren, now you're in the club now. If you don't know that Matt Murdock resides in Hell's Kitchen, if you don't know. That Hell's Kitchen is kind of a character unto itself in Daredevil's universe. Yep. Josie's Bar 
is one of those locations that comes up all the time in the comics. And it's basically their favorite watering hole, but it's also a cesspool of filth and crime where yeah. sometimes bad things are happening in the back room. Yeah, it's it's it the hole in the wall bar in the hole in the wall neighborhood in the hole in the wall city. Correct, but it is it, again. It, it it comes up a lot. It's a recurring place. Yeah. It's a it's familiar ground. And we meet Josie herself. Just picture stereotypical surly, surly bartender Josie. Yeah, he's got the flan. She's got the flannel shirt on with the sleeves cut off and the Harley Davidson tank top. Yep, and 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 she kind of gives Foggy a hard time. Yeah, yeah so. Pretty much, you got figured out who we're talking about, and this is like the one place where you can believe where people who are broke can go and drink. Yes, yes. Although he insists that they drink for free, but Josie insists that no, you don't. Yeah. They probably have a very merciful tab. Uh, there was a sign on the on the mirror in the bar. I noticed this. It said no tabs and no cash, or no uh, no, no cards. No cards. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, Josie's is a place that will come up in the future episodes. Sure. We sure. get a quick introduction to it here. More Karen and Foggy banter. Again, uh, one they're, thing, they're, they're, it's, it's getting sort of flirty. One thing uh, Karen says here that connects to the end of the episode is that like she's having a hard time going back to her apartment because she can't get the blood out of the carpet from the guy who was killed in her apartment. Right. And that's and, twice now that she's been attempted. Attempt, yeah. Two attempts on her life have been made in her apartment now. Yeah. And she looks around the city and all she sees is the bad parts. And she's... She mentions how she is living in fear. But we'll leave that there. We'll come back to that toward the end of the episode. It's almost like it's a theme of Daredevil. Some sort of theme. So flashback. Yes. Well, well, we got we the, the, before the flashback. They lug Mister Russian up to the roof. Correct. Right, and they tie him up. And Claire's like, why are we bring him up here? And Matt's simply like, so no one will hear him scream. <laughs> so we know something's about to go down. But we go to another flashback. Now, this one's kind of cool only because, well, actually, this is a pivotal for Matt's origin in a way. Like, he's yeah. already got kind of the powers as a kid, but every good superhero needs that certain, that insane tragedy that drives them to be, you know, become a costumed vigilante. So Jack gets his nice new robe for uh, his fight coming up against Creel, um, which he's very excited about. And uh, he, even though he's going to take the dive, he's getting a hell of a payday from the mob to do yeah. to take that dive. So he gets his nice new robe, and I kind of like this. It's a nice wink, wink, nod, nod to the OG Daredevil outfit. It's red and yellow. Yes. So if you've ever seen Daredevil's original costume, red Wasn't and yellow, it brown and yellow. Though? It was. Really, I'm finger quoting. I'm finger quoting red here. Yeah, but. Yeah, so Jack's got the red and yellow robe. So, and Matt kind of is discussing with his father about, like, you know, we do the right thing, right, Dad? Because Matt always, heard... Murdoch's get up, as he, yeah. as he says. Yeah, Murdoch, Murdoch's, we get hit, but we always get up. Right. Um, pride. Yeah, pride. Jack's pride is stinging a little bit. So Jack, in this flashback, obviously changes his mind. He's going to go for it. Calls puts, the bookie. Calls the bookie, puts all the money on himself. To knock out Creel. Yeah, to win by knockout. Very poignant line here. I want to hear them cheer for I want to hear I want my son to hear them cheer for me just once. But then he makes a second call after he calls the bookie. And I'm pretty sure it's very much implied that he calls Matt's mom. I wrote that down. I wrote uh Jack Pat's on himself and then calls his Matt's mother. Yep. But then I put a question mark. As did I. He doesn't really, because you and I know who Matt's mother is. I do, but it's very much a, he, that phone call is very implied that he calls Matt's mother. Yeah. But who else could it have been? Exactly. Who else could it have been? Oh, yeah. He never says, you know, he's getting, Matt's going to need his mother. No, but it was a woman on the, it was a woman who was on the answering machine that, yeah, that picks up. And he says something to the effect of, Matt is this and this. He certainly doesn't get that from me. Yeah. Hinting that he gets it from whoever's on the... I think in all likelihood... It's vague enough, but it's... I yeah, think he in calls... In all his, likelihood, 95% chance, yes, it is his mother. Right. But there's room for surprises. Maybe, but I'm pretty sure... Surprised. Maybe, we'll see. You never know. But in case you don't know, Matt's mom... Um, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. So we go back to the rooftop for a little bit of interrogation. Yeah. Now I have 
<laughs> I wrote this down. Uh, Matt's got no time for bullshit. No. So he's pounded on this guy and asking, yes. where is the kid? Where the is the kid? guy's resilient. He is. He's not he's giving like, up anything. We're not talking about a soft here. We're talking about a Russian mobster. Right. They grow them a little thicker in Russia. Yeah. And the guy tells him pretty much, I'm not going to tell you where the kid is. And even if you, even if you got the kid back, we're just going to get another kid. Yeah. And then as long as there's people want to pay for him, we're going to be doing what we're doing and you can't stop us. And this is the point. Like this whole episode, Claire has been questioning Matt. Right. Questioning what he's doing, why he's doing, who he is. But when she hears the Russians say this, because she's standing there in like a makeshift mask. Yeah. She gets it. She is staring the demon in the eye. She, she, she is seeing the filth that Matt is up against. Yeah. She understands. And then she, without hesitation, goes, take the knife. Yeah. Put it here. I, I didn't write In his down. eye. In, in the nerve above his eye. Yes. And Matt's like, how will I know if I'm hitting it? And she's just like, oh, he'll tell you. He'll let you know. So, and sure enough, he hit that nerve. There was, there was much screaming to be had. Right. And he still won't give it up. Yeah. He still won't say where the kid won't. is. So Matt so, decides, okay, we're we're gonna. He goes full Batman. He he kind of goes Bale here. He goes. He, Matt understands that he needs to inspire fear, and so he brings him to the edge of the roof, and he says, "Like, listen, yeah, you said that if I take you out, that another one's gonna come and take your place." Well, like I said, he I'll does. Just, he, he goes. He does go full bail. He where is he? He he, he says it like that yeah. too. And I was like, oh, it's so dark, nighty. Anyway, and and Matt says, you know, I'll take them out too because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And then he the guy finally gives it up. Yeah, the guy gives it up. Matt tosses him off the roof in, <laughs> into the same dumpster that Claire pulled him out of. Today I learned that dumpsters save lives dumpsters do save lives now i know and knowing is half the battle i heard that somewhere so and claire freaks out matt's like no he's alive yeah and it's a kind of a terminator here live kind of of moment exactly and claire kind of calls matt out on a lie she's like you can't enjoy this you don't yeah you, yeah. You're, you i don't believe you that you enjoy this yeah and as the audience i don't think we believe him either because we know that essentially matt is a good person yeah well he tries he's trying yeah i think despite I think, the handing out beatings he's a good dude yeah i mean if you if you scrape away everything on the surface if you if like if you scrape away the mistakes which are which humanize him make him just like you and me at his core matt is a good person right right and he wants to see good people thrive and he does not want to see bad people ruin his neighborhood yeah. Um, there's another point with Claire. Claire, we get um, a window into Claire's motives for helping Matt. Because Claire has seen the efforts of Matt's work. Correct. In the hospital. As, as she alluded to earlier, people have been coming into the hospital that Matt has beat the crap out of. Yeah. And um, they said a man in a black mask assaulted them as they were, you know, yeah. do, up to no good. Waitress then, was oh, getting off work. There she was got a guy mugged. waiting for her in the parking lot with a knife. Man, the black mask showed up. Yep. So Matt's reputation already precedes him. Yeah. Um, so at this point, we get another flashback. And this time, it is Goodnight Sweet Prince for Batlin yeah. Jack Murdoch. This is a relatively quick flashback. Uh, we see Matt watching television. We hear the commentary. Jack wins the fight. Right. Jack runs right into the locker room, trying to make an escape. Now, again, I, I should just, I should note, he should have watched Pulp Fiction. Should have. You got you, to you, go out the window. Don't, don't go to the locker room and go take your window, gloves off. Go out the window. Into get, the into dumpster. The cab, into the dumpster. That's right. Look at that. The dumpster. Again, with it. see? Full circle. Um, and then you make sure you have that cab waiting. You, you get changed in the cab. You get the hotel. You leave. No, Batlin Jack didn't. Watch it. No, not a Tarantino guy, I guess. Pulp Fiction tells you how to survive life. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't tell you how to survive it very well. No. Stay out of the bathroom. I learned that in Pulp yes. Fiction. Bad yes. things happen when you go to the bathroom. Stay Astro- out of pawn shops. Yeah, especially the basements. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. In any case. So, but yeah, Matt is, or Jack is uh, confronted in the locker room. We don't even see who the trigger man is. Well, we do get the little moment where the, the crowd is chanting his name. Yeah. And then... We hear the gunshot, and then Matt wakes up, runs outside into the alley. Because 
I think the way they played it, the way they, they edited it, was that Matt heard the gunshot. Yes. And yes. that woke him up. Yes. And then runs the alley, finds his father. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Good night, Speed Prince. Flash forward to the present. We get to the pivotal moment. The pivotal moment. Of this episode. Yes. Now... Yeah. Here's the thing. When you, when you see this episode for the first time, I, do, I don't think any of us had any idea that this was coming. No. So we get a quick moving camera establishing shot. Now, yeah. it goes down this hallway. It goes into a room. You see a, a, a table of like five mob, Russian mob guys playing cards. Yeah. One guy leaves, closes the door in that room, goes to another room across the hall. There's another five-ish guys. Yeah, I pl- counted ten guys total. Okay. One guy leaves that room with a plate of food, goes to the end, the very end of the hall where there's a door with a lock on it. The guy unlocks the door, goes in. You hear the kid saying, I want my dad. I want my dad. Let me go. Yeah. The mobster says something in Russian, gives him the plate, and walks out. And Takes closes. kids' apple. Yeah. Jerk. Well, kids don't like apples anyway. Dick. Kids want fruit snacks and stuff. I like they don't. apples. You're not a kid. I liked them when I was a kid. Fair enough. All right. All right. So then, this is all one kind of cool shot, by the way. One, again, yeah. as a film guy, let me, let me tell you, uh, they, they definitely cheated it in a couple spots. And no, they didn't. Just, if you look it's all re- one shot. If you look real close, you can see where they... But, 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 don't let the, don't let my, uh, you know, pedantic observations ruin what is, what is a series-defining and pop-culturally... Uh, pivotal. This this, this sequence. Yeah. This sequence. Like again, put the show on the map. You tell. You ask anybody now. The hallway fight. They're gonna know exactly what you're talking about. And they're gonna yeah. be like, dude, that was the hallway they, fight. Exactly. Oh, it, man. Will, it will be speaked of in these these reverent tones Spoken. from here to eternity. Spoken huh? <laughs> Spoken of. Yeah. Whatever. I'm excited about it. Get out of here. <laughs> so then they. So the camera goes back. So the other mobster goes back in the other room. Mobsters are in their respective rooms. Yeah. Camera turns around, and who is on the other side of the hallway? Matt. Just walks in the hallway. And he's ready to go. And the, this shot mirrors the shot of Jack walking down the hallway to the fight. Right. I made that connection on this viewing. I think this is my third viewing of the episode. So we have an establishing shot of Matt. Now, at this point, His I don't even know what to say. roped up. Oh, he's taped up. He's ready to he's, go. He knows what is going to happen. He knows how many are in there. And... So, he just goes up, knocks on the door of the first room, and the fight commences. The fight begins. And we don't see anything in this first room. We just hear... We hear it. Ruckuses. Right. And the guys in the other room hear it, and they come Well, hang running. on. They don't, no, they don't hear it yet. Oh, yeah. They Matt can, has they, to remove in our the sequence, door first. Matt, he goes into the first room. You hear the commotion. You hear... Punches and you hear, you know, again, ruckus. And then a, the door explodes outward with a guy on top of it. Yeah. And the fight spills outward into yeah. the hallway. And then a microwave gets tossed oh, out no, of the room into a guy's head. That's the thing. The guys from the other room start f- to come out and they don't know what's going on. All they know is something is going on. Right. They probably assume that, hey, this is the guy we're looking for. This guy walks up to the door that's been broken down, doesn't look in the door for more than a second Whack. when the microwave hits him in the head. Yeah. Yep. And then the fight spills out. Matt and he Matt is is fist fighting five guys at a time in a hallway. They shoot at him, they can't hit him. He disarms their guns. Now it's down to fists and away we go. Yeah. There's there's 10 guys, there's a fight going on. What makes this so great is that this is by no means easy for Matt. No. Matt is still clearly injured, but I've got written down here everything Matt has. Yeah. He is throwing at these guys. And this fight, this sequence goes on for about, I think, seven between seven, six and seven minutes. I didn't time it, but it's long. I just kind of noticed it. Like, I paused. I was like, how long is this going to go for? So, minus time for on credits and whatnot, about six, seven minutes. The fight goes in rounds, almost. Because there are points when Matt kind of... He staggers and he, 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 he props himself up against the he wall. Gets a couple, like, just a couple seconds just to lean up against the wall and catch his breath while the other guys are catching their breath. Yeah. And then they come at him again. He's just like, okay, here we go again. And then he just goes through them. And 
their point, the fight goes kind of back and forth, but Matt kind of steadily maintains the upper hand. Um, and just... He takes 10 guys apart. He takes 10 guys apart. But like you said, the, 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 the pull of it, or the, the, the coolness of it, besides the way it was shot, you see Matt get tired. He's yeah. like, he's just... You see him as a human. This kind of goes right. back, and it goes back to what we were mentioning in the first episode. The concept of the street-level hero as opposed to the global level here. Right. Cap you, Captain America takes apart a whole boat full of guys in the opening scene of Winter Soldier, doesn't even lose yeah. it, doesn't take a breath. Gets a, gets a bit breath. of sweat Maybe. fighting the Leaper. Maybe, a little sweat. He even took the Leaper out pretty yeah. quickly. The Avengers take out a small army of arms dealers, no problem. Oh, yeah. They, they are global response heroes. And they're super powered, so they can, you know. Yeah, one of them's a, a god. Yep. You know, one of them's uh, a, a creature with limitless strength. Uh, so Cap is a super soldier. Yeah, Iron Man's got the, got the armor. You know, the, so the street level hero, and you and I have talked about this in the past, is more appealing to me because you know what? I'm grateful if those global level heroes are going to be out there sure. stopping an asteroid from hitting the Earth. Obviously, I'm grateful for that, but I can't relate to it. Yeah. But if I'm walking down the street with my wife and my kid and some dude jumps out sure. with like a knife or what have you in a comic book world like they do and these guys are there on the ground, you know, yeah, they've got some powers, but not, you know, world defining powers. You know, and you hear the thwip of a web shooter, you hear the whoosh of the billy club and... You know, these guys are on the ground making sure that people like you and me get home safely. They're more, yeah. You know, that we can go about our days without having to worry about uh, things that, you know, could normally come and do us harm. And just from a dramatic standpoint, in terms of how it's constructed. It's better storytelling. It's it's easier to get invested when it, when the stakes are more real. When it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's just more grounded. Yeah, like I... I have, I have all the the respect in the world for whoever decides to write Superman. Sure. Because how, how do you give a character who can crack the planet in half with a punch a problem? Right. You know. Takes a takes a great a great mind to, to make that interesting. Yeah. Like a Grant Morrison, maybe. <laughs> um, but, I was but, wondering how many episodes we were going to go before Grant Morrison we got two, mentioned from you. Two episodes. <laughs> but with the street level characters... We kind of all share the same problems. Sure, and 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 when you set again, this this scene, man, is like this this friggin' scene. It's a hallway. It's it's a guy fighting in a hallway. Yeah, but it is incredibly tense and dramatic. And you're like you're like on the edge of your seat, pins and needles. Like, oh my god, is he gonna is he gonna make it? Is he gonna get there? Like, what's gonna happen? And you, it's it's I don't know. It's it's awesome. It's just yeah. flat out, man. It's awesome. And then we get, you know, the fight's done. Matt goes up to the door. And he's out of breath. He's he, like... He is winded. He's right. just like... He looks like he just ran a marathon. Yep. He looks like marathon runners do when they cross the finish line. And they get he goes into the room. Yeah. Well, he, he, make, he starts to go into the room, stops, takes off his mask. Ah, that's right. Yep. yep. Because there's the understand that hey, there's a, a scared small kid in here. Seeing a dude dressed all in black in a black mask might not be the best thing. So he he goes in the room. He says, I'm here to help. I'm going to take you back to your dad. Yep. And there's there's a line here that I'm going to get. I know we're talking about uh, a comic book show, and we're talking about things that like we enjoy to watch. I'm going to get a little bit serious here for a moment. Uh-oh. I've had a lot of stuff going on in the country this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Last few days have been pretty terrible. Had the police shootings. We've had what happened in Dallas last night. We live in a time when the, the news, it seems its only point a lot of times is to make us afraid. We live in a, a fear-based society with fear-based media shoving a message of fear down our throats. 
I mentioned in the last episode that that I claim a faith. The faith I claim is that in Jesus Christ, I'm Christian. I've been so for over 20 years. And the one thing I struggle with the most in my faith that is mentioned in the Bible numerous, numerous times, do not be afraid. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I struggle with that the most in my faith. More so now that I have a child. I have a four-month-old son. And we see the things that happened this past week in the country, how people are reacting to it, how divided we can all be over these things. And, you know, you and I were in our, our mid to late thirties. I can understand how someone can look at us watching these things, reading these comics and be like, you know, you're grown men. Why are you still doing that? <laughs> I can, I, I can totally get that. But this next line, the Matt says, you don't have to be scared anymore. It's a comfort to me. And it helps me not not only in my life, but also in my faith. That these characters, fictional, not real, give us the hope that we can live in a world where we don't have to be scared. And that line really spoke to me in this watch through the episode. So I apologize for getting a little serious on, on Ollie, but that was something that really weighed on me when I watched the episode this time through. And then we see the scene that uh, still gets me a little misty-eyed. Uh-oh. Matt carrying the kid. Right, because this whole time you don't see the inside of yeah, that room. Yeah, the, the camera is outside the room. Yeah, this is all one shot down this hallway. Matt Matt walks out with the kid. The kid's not scared. Nope. The kid knows he's going to see his dad again. Because Daredevil did his job. Daredevil whooped that ass. Yep, yep. And... He's he's like a, a guardian devil. <laughs> see, <laughs> see what happens. Full, Full circle. See now on my notes, as you can see, there's a line mm-hmm. going from that line. You don't have to be afraid anymore. All the way back to, to your first what note. Karen mentioned earlier, living in fear. Living in fear. Yeah. Well, what's what's Episode Daredevil also known as? The man without fear. Man without fear. Now, sometimes so, it's just a moniker. Yep. But at the same time, it, it, thematically in this in this show, that is what Matt is fighting for. Yeah, he's fighting for that neighborhood so the people don't have to be afraid to live where they live. Yeah. So he walks out. Credits roll. Wow, what an episode! Like I said, jaws were gape. We were we were dumbfounded as to how yeah. awesome. Me and Mike Hoffer just looking at each other like, did that just happen? That just happened. It was incredible. So if I, you like literally. This is what I compare that moment to is I felt the joy in the same joy in that moment that I felt when I watch the original Superman movie <laughs> when he catches the helicopter and he catches Lois. That pure joy. Sure. Of seeing something that I've loved in print become realized in live action. Yeah. Yeah. So episode, episode two. two. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is a, a fantastic and, again, a pivotal, defining episode of the show. And that fight scene cemented this this show as, like, a real game changer. This, yeah. uh, like, I can't stress it enough. This episode and that fight, like, put this show on the map. At that moment, we all knew Marvel TV was going down a whole new path that was setting a bar of quality that we were not prepared for. <laughs> yeah. It was really... Really freaking well done. Yeah. And like you said, it does kind of just get better because they, yeah. it, we haven't even met. The, this, this this episode had nothing to do with the Kingpin or anything. Nothing at all. We didn't see Wesley this episode. We didn't see the no. crime families. No. Nope. We just saw some Russian thugs. Russian thugs in a hallway. One of which, what, by the way, real quick, before we start wrapping things up here, uh, one of the Russian guys did have track pants on. I am crossing my fingers. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, we'll get the tracksuit mafia in a later show. Uh, bro, 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 bro. If you don't know who the tracksuit mafia is, um, guys, you you really need to do yourself a favor and read the uh, the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series, and you yes. will come to love the tracksuit mafia. Yes, and love to hate them as well. <laughs> so okay, and there's that, a dog. Anyway. There's a dog. Pizza dog. Pizza dog. That about does it for here for <laughs> us here at the Devil's Due. Yes, winded. Great episode. Second episode. Great. Wonderful episode. episode. Well, the show. I mean, this one. Hopefully, you think it was good too. Yes. Um, <laughs> again, we appreciate any and all feedback you'd like to give us. 
To give us that feedback, you can find us at the following resources. You can find us at Twitter at the Devil's Do Devil's Do Pod. Please follow us, retweet us, share us with your friends. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash devils do pod, or you can just use the search function, search devils do. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the devils do pod at gmail.com. Well done. Any parting thoughts, sir? It's, it, I would I would hope it's all downhill after that. Like that's that's this episode no. is so critical. Just keeps going up. It does keep going up. righty. Courts adjourned. Court <laughs> Ooh, ooh! You like that? I think, yeah. I do, I do. <laughs> but I, but I—is it wrong that I can't help but think of Stallone from the, stop. the, the Judge Just, Dredd no, movie? Stop! stop. So really, really? We do an episode like this. I we know. do an episode like this, and you want to end it with Stallone's Judge Dredd? Oh, yeah, man. <sighs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> We're the Devil's Dude. I'm Carl Duty. I'm, I'm Drew Celestino. Courts adjourned, folks. <laughs>